Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, Western Mule Magazine. Ben and Anita Tennyson do an amazing job with their magazine. I've been writing for them for a few years now, and uh, they're great. Look up westernmulemagazine.com and check them out. Well, hello, friends. I hope you're doing great. I hope you had a blessed Thanksgiving holiday. Oh, I know. We sure did. It was great to get with family. And, you know, we're gone so darn much. We miss out on a lot of family stuff. You know, we miss holidays on occasion. We miss, you know, weddings and we miss uh, funerals and babies being born. And, you know, we miss a lot while we're out there on the road. And, uh, you know, it's good to get home and see this these family members. You know, I got siblings and, you know, parents and grandparents and cousins and and, uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed your time with your family, too. Maybe some of you <laughs> don't enjoy it so much. Uh, but, you know, sometimes getting along with family that maybe you don't like so much is kind of like uh, trying to get along with some of these mules and horses that you're having some trouble with. You know, you just got to see it from their point of view. And usually, if you don't get along with your family member, if it, it probably has a reflection uh, there's something, re- you know, reflecting from you that's affecting that. Uh, they're seeing it too. I'm sure they go back and they talk about how they didn't enjoy enjoy it, maybe. Um, you know, uh, and trying to get along with everybody. You know, I, I hear a lot of people, I got, I got friends that talk about, oh man, I got to go hang out with the family, with the in-laws, with the, you know, sister-in-law, brother-in-law they don't like or whatever. And you know, I'm pretty blessed. I don't have to deal with that. I get along with uh, pretty much everybody in my family. I love my family. And I am so uh, just amazingly blessed to have an amazing family. But I was talking to a friend of mine and he says, gosh, I just, I don't like Thanksgiving. I don't like Christmas. I don't like hanging out with my family. And I thought, man, that's sad. That's, that's really, that's really sad. Um, and sometimes when I'm out, you know, on the road doing these clinics, I run into people that are having some trouble with with uh, working with some mules or horses or whatever, and and they just don't have a lot of good things to say about a particular animal or whatever. And you know, my advice to them is usually is to practice, uh, you know, saying something positive, finding something good in that animal. Um, and if it's a mule, like, and this is kind of particular, I guess, to people that train publicly, you know, they train and they're dealing with a lot of animals and maybe they get an animal in, they don't get along with, I don't know. And like I said, the suggestion I'll give is to find something positive every time you see that animal. So when you walk out to the barn to feed, say something in your mind, good about that animal, whatever it is, say, Oh, those are some 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 good hoofs you got there. Or oh, man, yours are I like those ears. Or man, I like that color. I like your confirmation. Maybe you can it starts with just looks like that. And then maybe you get a little bit more advanced in in your uh compliment. You say, Man, I really like how you how you did this, I like how you did that. You practice thinking good things about that mule every time you see that mule. Every time whether it's at your window, whether it's when you're feeding, or when you're working with it. And I kind of told my friend about this a little bit. 
not wanting to, you know, preach to him or something, you know, but I said, no, I just, you know, one thing I try to do when I see people, um, I do this with everybody, not just people that maybe I don't like <laughs> or I don't get along with. I get along with most everybody, but I just try to do this with everybody. Um, and if you have interacted with me, if you have talked to me at a clinic, if you have met me before, I, I almost guarantee I have done this in my mind to you. When a person walks up to me or I see somebody, I try to think something good about them. I try to give an immediate compliment to the person. And it changes, it changes the way my brain is, is, is thinking. It changes, and I think it changes my outlook. And I don't know, uh, maybe not everybody's experienced this from me, but I've found that, you know, usually when I compliment somebody, even if it's just in my head, even if I don't even say it out loud, but I compliment somebody, I have a little bit of a different feel that I put out there, and it affects people. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, I met you and I thought you was a jerk, Ty. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, but I told my friend this about dealing with uh, these, these family members he doesn't get along with at Thanksgiving and whatnot. Hey, you know, just compliment them even in your head, even if you can't say it out loud. Just compliment them in your head and see what different feel you might have. Because I know it sure helps me with the meals. And I've proven that to myself over and over. When I walk out and I have a complimenting mind frame to my mules, I get along better. If I come out there and I'm judgmental, I think, oh, geez, you're such a jerk mule, or man, I don't like you, or man, you got a bad confirmation. Or See, see just me even saying these things, it puts me in a little different mind frame when I start thinking a little negative like that. But I come out there and say, man, you're, you're, you're going to be a great mule. You know, man, I like the way you walk there. And, you know, hey, remember yesterday we worked on that? That turnaround, man, you was good at that, you know. But you, you come out and you give them a compliment. It changes things, I promise you, folks. So as you go through this holiday season, some of you are thinking, man, I wish you would have told me this before Thanksgiving. Sorry, you got Christmas coming up. You got more family stuff. But as you're going through this, when you're 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 going to be around a lot of people, um, be complimenting. It changes your feel that you put out there. Also. You've heard me talk many times about mulemanship being a lifestyle. That doesn't mean you ride every day. That doesn't mean you put your boots on, your cowboy hat on, you put your chaps on, you, you, you go out and you work with animals every single day. That doesn't, that's, that's not it. Mulemanship is a lifestyle, meaning that these principles, you practice them in your everyday life, even when there's not even a mule around. You practice being a good human being, and you'll be a good muleman or a horseman. I promise you. You you have good thoughts about people. You practice that. You exercise your brain thinking good things all the time. It will affect your mulemanship, your horsemanship. I promise you in a positive way. It will help you. You know, another thing that helps, and since we just had Thanksgiving, you know, uh, is, is this little um, gratitude mindset, a thankful mindset, being a thankful human being. Every really good human I've ever met seems to be a thankful type of person, uh, a person full of gratitude and uh, somebody that acknowledges their blessings in life. 
And, um, this is, this is so important, I think, um, to, to be a thankful person. And that's another way of you complimenting something like your mule, somebody like your friends, your family. When you think of something, you're thankful that they, that they give to you or offer you or present to you or, you know, just be thankful. So, you know, when's the last time you told your mule, thank you for taking me on that beautiful trail ride? Hey, thank you, you know, for holding that, that bull down that was trying to run me over. Thank you for keeping my rope tight so I didn't get killed. <laughs> my ranch and friends will relate to that. Thank you so much for uh, helping me lead that pack string in the Wind Rivers of Wyoming and and packing my butt while I enjoyed the, the beautiful scenery of, of the Tetons, you know, in Idaho. Thank you for uh, letting me witness the, the canyon lands of Utah. You know, when's the last time you said thanks to your mule? So for this episode, um, I do have some I do have some questions that people have sent. And I'm going to get to those towards the end of the show today. But I want to tell you how thankful I am for so many things. I just want to take this time and and use this platform to express my thankfulness for so many things. You know, uh, I am I am very grateful for. Uh, my religion. You, I don't really talk about my religion, um, you know, on this platform. And but but I am grateful to live in this country where I have freedom of religion, where I can choose whom and where and when I I worship. And you know, I I recognize all these things I'm about to say thankful say thank you for, and and all these things that I'm blessed with. I recognize that that comes from a higher being. That's what I believe. And I'm grateful for that faith. I'm very grateful for that faith. You know, I'm grateful uh, for my wife. You guys have met Sky. If you've been to a clinic, you've met Sky, I'm sure. Um, Sky is so amazing. Uh, I don't think you all realize how much she does to keep us afloat here. Um she is she is the backbone of TS Mules. She she is my support system. When I have a crazy idea to to have a podcast show, when I have a crazy idea to build a website, when I have a crazy idea that I'm going to go teach clinics around the world, when I have a crazy idea that I'm going to start this cult or I'm going to do this thing or I'm going to you know whatever, she just is right with me all the time. You know when we first started dating, I was pretty heavy into rodeo. I rode saddle bronc courses. Those of you that don't know already, I've talked about it many times. But, you know, I was busy in rodeo, and I had goals in rodeo, things that I wanted to accomplish and, and do, and Sky was right there with me, traveling all over the country, putting the miles on the vehicles, strapping the saddles on them bucking horses. She's with me through the wrecks. She's with me through the winds. She was, she was with me through all kinds of things in the rodeo world. And was if I wanted to, you know, if I wanted to pursue that career full time, and if, if I still wanted to do that right now, if I said, hey, I want to go rodeo right now, uh, well, she might, she might frown on, 
at me for a little while. But I, I guarantee you she would support me because that's the kind of human being she is. That's the kind of woman she is. I'm grateful for her. I'm grateful that she uh, makes it possible for me to travel the world and share this mulemanship with you guys. Uh, it's just, she's just such a wonderful human being. So that's, that's just super important to me. Uh, you know, I'm grateful for my family. A lot of you have met my children, Ellie and Swayze. You know, I, I'm grateful that they enjoy riding mules. Ellie, especially Swayze, Swayze, uh, she, she puts up with it, you know, but I'm grateful that they have common interests that they're, you know, willing to, to go with me, travel with me and, and, um, you know, the grass is always greener, right? So sometimes they see their cousins and their friends at home that go to regular school. My girls are homeschooled and uh, they see their friends and, and they kind of think, well, it'd be kind of nice to be home and they get to missing their friends and their grandparents and cousins. And, you know, but I am so grateful for family and my family, my extended family, you know, uh, my dad, he did so much to get me on this path, you know. I think it's important that you never forget who taught you how to saddle your mule or saddle your horse. Don't forget that person. And, you know, my dad taught me all those things. He taught me everything growing up and uh, taught me how to start colts and taught me how to be tough and how to work hard. And he taught me just so many things and got me started on this journey of mulemanship and horsemanship and supported me all the way. You know, I, I can't tell you the first time I rode a horse. I don't know. I don't remember. I was just a baby. I can't tell you even the first time I saddled my own. I can't tell you the first time I roped a calf. I don't know. I I can't tell you the first time I led a pack string. I don't remember those things because I was pretty, I was pretty little um, a long time ago. And my dad, uh, he's just, he just, just made it possible. Of course, my mother. My mother was uh, also the backbone of our family, keeping things together. While me and my dad, my brother's out having fun. My sister, you know, we, we had a lot of fun as kids. You know, education. My gosh, education. Uh, I, if you guys have hung out with me long enough now, um, you know, this is what, episode 138? Uh, so you've heard me talk a lot. There's a lot of hours of me talking on here now. Um, but I hope you know how much I like to learn, how much I like to continue learning. I'm always trying to be better. Um, you know, I, I'm always trying to, to improve and to grow my skills and hone my talent. I'm, I'm always, I'm always trying to be the best that I can be. I'm not content with where I am and my education. Uh, my great grandpa. Glenn Case, amazing man. Uh, one thing he told me a long time ago before he passed away was, uh, he said, when you think you know it all, it's time to die. <laughs> that just kind of tells you the type of fellow he was. But, but basically, to keep learning, keep improving, you can always improve. And when you think you know it all, it's time to go. You're, you've probably accomplished what you need to accomplish here on this earth. They'll move on. But so I, I appreciate education. You know, just recently I had the opportunity to go ride with uh, with a great horseman and, 
an amazing stockman. And, you, you know, um, when you th- you kind of think you have things going, you kind of think you have things put together, and then you go hang out with somebody that's better than you, and it it just just wakes up your faculties. Your it gets your brain thinking, and you got to be willing to to learn. You got to be in a humble mind frame, and and I try I try to be, I try to be, um, and a lot of times when I show up to these these clinics or these uh events or wherever I go learn I, I I go in there and and I and I hope nobody asks me who I am or what I do I don't want them to know who I am or that I teach clinics or that I'm whatever I am okay I go in there and I just like going there with a blank slate now they get to know me they figure out who I am what I do uh pretty quick but I I, I try not to go in there with any preconceived um, expectations to, to just learn advanced things. I go in there and I want to learn things from the, from the very beginning. I don't want to miss a thing. I, I appreciate the foundation. I'm so thankful for foundation pieces because I know that's what a good house is built on is a firm foundation. And so... You know, whenever I'm learning, I, I try to, I try to, you know, embrace that. You know, I am so thankful for mules. Uh, mules have done so much. Um, I feel like mules have chose me. I, I had, I was on a, I was on a show uh, recently. If you haven't listened to it, you ought to check it out. But, um. The show was American Cowboy in New Zealand, and my good friend uh, uh, Ben Longwell hosted me on there, and and uh, great guy, good horseman. But he had me on a show, and he asked me basically how you know how how I got into to the mules, and you know it goes back to my dad, of course. My dad started colts, and he trained horses and mules, and and uh, there came a time where I basically kind of took that over, and and. Uh, Mules, they they just they I just had more and more mule clients, people that were bringing me mules and less and less horse clients. I never like chose mules over horses. People ask me why did you choose mules over? I don't know. They just I didn't really. They chose me. Um, it's just the way my life has has worked out. I enjoy mules. I love a good horse too. But. I'm grateful for mules. It feels like they have, that's just kind of what has come my way. That's just what I'm supposed to do, I guess, is work with mules. And uh, that's a blessing. You know, mules have taught me so much. Speaking of education, like I was just mentioning, you know, the best teacher is the mule. You know, you're not going to, you can't replace all the time and the experience and the hours in the saddle and the miles out out in the dirt, you know, you, you got to put them miles in, you got to put that time in. It, that's what, you know, this is, uh, this, uh, this, you know, mulemanship that we speak of is not something that you can just read about, you know, even listen to this podcast and, and watch videos about you, it, you got to get out and you got to do it. And I am grateful for the mule. It's just been an amazing ride. I've lost count now of how many mules I've been blessed to work with uh last count it was somewhere around five thousand and 
you know, that's just so cool uh, to get to see so many. And, and every year I get to see so many. That's something else I'm so grateful for is, is the amount of mules and horses and donkeys that come through the clinics. Um, and I don't have the numbers for you as far as horses, mules, and donkeys, what come through here. But I do know that in 2021, I had 479 total participants come through. 479 people. I didn't count spectators. I didn't count how many were mule riding mules, how many were riding horses, how many riding donkeys. Um, but 479 participants this year. You know, I am so thankful for all of you that have been to a clinic, that have showed up and wanted to learn and wanted to improve and wanted to be better. What an amazing, just what an amazing ride it's been. You know, it's so cool. Um, people show up and they're so interested to learn. They want to improve. They want to be better. And that's something that's cool. It, you know, it's not like grade school where the kids have to be in school. And so those poor teachers are just trying to keep them kids lined out because most of them don't want to be there anyways. They're, you know, the parents, parents drop them off and the teachers have to, you know, have to round them up all day. You know, it's not like that in my clinics. You, the people that come, you, when you show up to my clinic, you chose to be there. You chose to take that time and invest in yourself. And that is a different kind of human being than somebody that is forced to do something or has to go learn. It's a, it's a blessing to be able to make that choice. And uh, it's a blessing for me. I'm so thankful that people make that choice and choose to come to the clinics. It's so cool. It's just, it's just really cool. And, uh, you know, when people show up, sometimes they're, sometimes, you know, these people are a little nervous or a little worried. And, you know, I try really hard to make them feel welcome. I try to put out a good feel that they, that they feel back and they feel welcome. And they're, you know, maybe the first day it's a little touchy, but after that they get to where they're comfortable being there. Their mules get comfortable being there, their horses, their donkeys. You know, and the people, it's it's what makes this world go round is, is, and I think that's why we're here is to learn how to, you know, interact and deal with human beings, deal with people and be better humans, you know, be a better person. The people are just a great, just so great. You know, I'm so thankful. This year we've had all kinds of ups and downs. You know, we, uh, we've, we've had breakdowns with the truck or the trailer and, you know, you know, amazing people will just, uh, you know, they'll, they'll pick us up or they invite us to stay at their place where they take care of our mules or they, um, they help us out in any way they can, you know, uh, you know, this year when we were in Indiana, I think I mentioned, I know I mentioned it on the Indiana clinic debrief, but you know, Swayze had allergic reaction at the potluck. She ate, a cookie with tree nuts and says he's allergic to tree nuts. And, you know, all the people there that were so willing to say, Hey, I'm here to help you. Let us know what you need. We are, we are here to help you. I mean, that's just so cool. I'm so thankful for all of you. I'm thankful that you're listening to this right now, that you want to be better. You're listening so that you can improve. Uh, you know, maybe you're driving right now. Maybe you're 
out there cleaning the stalls right now. Uh, maybe you're even riding your mule, brushing your mule. Maybe you're cleaning the house. I don't know what you're doing. But thank you for taking the time right now to listen to this. Uh, I hope I hope after you, you listen to these podcasts that you feel uplifted and you're excited to go out and work with your mules and, and be better for them. You know, as we travel all over the place, um, you, you all know what it's like to pull into somewhere that's new, where you're not familiar, you, you don't know the people, you're, you know, you don't know where you're, where you're supposed to go, where you're supposed to be, you know, like I pull into these places and, and maybe I've never been there. I don't know where to park. I don't know where, you know, what it's like. And, and all of you participants that have been, you probably feel the same way when you pull into these places. And you know what? I am so grateful for all of you clinic hosts and sponsors that are listening right now, all of you, um, for making me, my family, and all these participants feel so welcome. You know, the clinic host is basically the first impression of, of our business, of T.S. Mules, Tyvon's Mulemanship Clinics. You know, the host is the first impression. You guys basically portray what we are. You're, you're the first impression. It's so important. And I'm so grateful for, for hosts that do a good job at this, that, you know, they're there to meet you when you pull in. They're there to meet us when we pull in too. It's just amazing. You know, I am grateful for this technology right here, this podcasting thingamajigger going on right here uh, that I can just uh, plug in here, talk for a little bit, click a button and send it out to thousands, uh, thousands of, of people to listen to anytime they want. It's actually a little intimidating at times, but you know, technology is so cool and technology, I used to really shy away from it. I, you know, growing up and when I started basically my business as a, as a trainer, I, uh, of course, tip, typical cowboy, right? Typical buckaroo. I don't care about technology. I don't need computers. I hardly needed a phone. And now, I mean, I'm so grateful for it. I, you know, we send out weekly newsletters. I hope you're subscribed to get our weekly newsletters and send out training tips and things. And we do these podcasts and Mule Tip Tuesdays. Uh, you know, we offer these virtual virtual private clinics through Zoom. You can, you know, with a couple clicks of a button, I can see you, you can see me, and we can we can do this virtual clinic on the computer. I can watch you working with your mule and I can talk to you and, or you can upload videos and send them to me and I can do voiceovers and do this video coaching. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working to put, to put together these virtual clinics every month through 2022 on zoom. Uh, I mean, it is so cool what technology can bring, you know, social media. I used to hate social media. Sometimes I still do a little bit, <laughs> you know, but Sky has enlightened me on that. But, you know, social media, uh, you know, I got to admit it. I think most of our business has been built on social media. Sky has done a tremendous job with our social media. She runs all of that pretty much. And she has grown the business on social media. And most of you have probably seen our you know, a, a post or something, and maybe that's how you learned about us, or maybe your friend saw it, and you know, um, and it's it reaches the whole world. You know, 
uh, with a click of a button. It's, it's out to everybody. And through that, we have been blessed to be invited to places like Australia and and all over the U.S. and Canada. And I've been invited to other countries. And, you know, last year I was, I was supposed to go to a few other countries. It didn't work out because of the pandemic stuff, you know. But um, what a cool thing. It's not so bad, I guess, this technology business. But, hey, that's not an excuse not to ride your mule today. So, you know, I am grateful for patience. Um, and I'm actually not a patient person. I try to be. I work on being patient because I know the more patient I am, actually, the quicker I'll get it done. I know if I lose my patience, it's going to take me longer. So I'm grateful for patience. We all need to be patient. You want to get along with your mule, be patient. You know, always think about mignana. That means later. You always have later. And with that, I'm going to take a little break right now and thank some wonderful sponsors we have. And when we come back, I'm going to jump into some questions. All right? Hang tight. Hey, friends. I want to thank our amazing sponsors over at the Boyd Ranch Mule Days. I've been going down to the Boyd Ranch just outside of sunny Wickenburg, Arizona uh, for the past couple of years. I've had a lot of fun doing clinics down there and I can't wait to go back in March. Boyd Ranch Mule Days is now the entire week of March 7th through the 13th, 2022. And of course my clinic is three days long. That's the 7th through the 9th. Uh, along with my good friend, Mr. Chris Clark, who is a Grand Canyon uh, veteran. He's been down there, been packing many years, very experienced, and a great teacher. You'll enjoy learning from Chris as well. You know, they also got a driving clinic down there. And, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about driving. And uh, this is going to be fun to, to see what's going on over there. So there's some, they're covering some basic harnessing and driving single and double. You know, after three full days of clinicking between my clinic, the packing clinic, and the driving clinic, then it's time to get out on the trail. They got short, medium, long rides uh, going on, and also an ultra-long wilderness ride they offer. Uh, they got their famous trail obstacle course. They, they got their all-out mule ramble going on. They're giving away ribbons, prizes, and I think they've even talked me into being the announcer for the event, so I'm going to have a blast there for sure. Every night, there's there's food, good food. Uh, they got concerts going on, live music and dancing, and it's going to be a ton of fun, family friendly, and I just can't wait to be there. If you want to come to Boyd Ranch Mule Days, I'd love to see you there. Go visit boydranch.org for more information and to apply to join us. Hey, I can't wait to see you there. Looking forward to it. All right, friends, we're back with our uh, Everyday Mulemanship podcast, episode 138. And uh, I was just talking to you all about how thankful I am for, you know, so many amazing things. And I hope that I hope that you can carry this attitude of gratitude to your mules, to your mulemanship, your horsemanship. Everything you do, that gratitude will, if you have that gratitude, it will it will change your outlook on things and something I'm working on personally. So 
We have some uh, questions. I got a few good questions today that I want to share and discuss here. Um, first one comes from Tustin Lance. And uh, he writes, Hey, Ty, hope Thanksgiving was great for you and your family. It was. Uh, my mule seems to be testing me a lot lately to see what she can get away with. And today she tried something that has concerned me a little bit. She's always been good with me handling her feet so far. No real big issues yet. Today, I had to work with her a little bit because she kept pulling her right uh, back foot uh, away from me. After we got through that, I saddled her up, and when I tried to get on, she would kick at me with her back left foot as far forward and out as she could, and she continued to do it every time I put my foot up to get in the stirrup. I ended up getting on and riding her for a while, getting off and, and on every few minutes, but with the same results. Uh, I can work with pulling the feet. That's not a big deal. But how do I get her to know it's not okay to kick me or to kick at me when I'm getting on and at all for that matter? Thanks. Okay, Tustin, that's a good question. Um, and that's a dangerous situation for dang sure. Um, there's a couple things that I want to address right here. The first thing is, is that kind of the beginning statement there. Uh, my mule seems to be testing me a lot lately to see what she can get, a, get away with. Now, this is, this is a common thing that I hear a lot. I, I, I probably hear this more than anything else when we, we kind of think that, you know, mules think like us. All right, so mules do not have a large frontal lobe, okay? So they don't have the ability to, to conjure up this thought to see what I can get away with. Now, humans, we can do that. We can be real jerks. You know, we can be like, all right, I'm going to see if I can tick this person off. You know, we, we are vile. We can be vile human beings for sure. and and you know, uh, we shouldn't be that way, but you know, we can, we can think really far ahead. You know, we think of retirement. We think about, you know, what we're doing next week and next month and next year. And shoot, you guys, I, uh, you know, we already have our, our 2022 clinics up on the website, but I'm already booking 2023 clinics and even 2024 clinics. I'm starting to book up. It's just crazy. We think so far ahead. The mule doesn't do that. The mule takes care of immediate needs. So if they're hungry, they're thinking about finding some feed right now. If they're thirsty, they're thinking about finding some feed right now. If they're in pain, they think about finding a way to reduce that pain, to feel better. If they are uncomfortable, they're going to seek comfort. They basically have three ways of going about this. Um, if, if you push them too far. They can go into flight, fight, or freeze, which I think is one of the worst ones. You can push them that far, and they can get into that stuff. So when you get in this situation, like this mule kicking when you go to get on, it's it's not really that they're just, you know, that she's just trying to be a jerk. There's something that's causing that. She's trying to find comfort, and she's using that kicking as a way to find the comfort or whatever it is. Now, why is she kicking? 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that, but I can give you some ideas, Tustin. You know, you mentioned that um, she's always been good with handling her feet. But on this particular day, you had trouble with that right back foot, okay? So you worked with the right back foot for a little while. And then you had trouble with the mule kicking at you. Okay, so let's let's break it down, all these different pieces, and see what's happening here. Um, let, you know, why, why today was she not good about you picking up her feet when she's always been good handling her feet? Okay. I don't know. Maybe she got kicked out in the pasture. Maybe she's sore. Maybe, uh, maybe she's having some joint issues, maybe some back problems. When it starts out like that, when she's always been good and you go to pick up that foot and she's not good, I I am calling I am calling that some pain going on. Okay, there's probably some pain. Now it's one thing like if they're just tough with their feet or you know they don't not comfortable with picking up their feet. You know, working with colts. I mean, I I work with mules all the time that are are not good with their feet yet. That's a different case. Here you said that she's always been good handling her feet so far, no big issues yet. But today you did have a problem. Okay. So maybe there's some pain going on there. I don't know, but that's going to be my first guess. If there's not pain going on, if you rule out that she is totally healthy and she's totally good, okay, maybe she just did have a a little bit more of a resisting day. And there's other reasons that that could be. She could have a a resisting type of day. Um, By the way, you caught her. Maybe you caught her and and, uh, maybe she, she was already saying no when you caught caught the mule. I've talked about this many times. You know, the quality by which you catch is going to be the quality by which you proceed the rest of your session with. So if you get no, if you get no for an answer right when you go to catch him, you're going to get no for these answers leading up to everything else. No to pick up feet, for example. No to get on. So you could break it down to all this behavior and how you set things up for the day. I want to set the mule up to, you know, to say yes. So you could you could backtrack that far and see what's going on, Tustin. I don't know. Maybe it's just not good with his feet. Okay, maybe they just don't have an idea. Okay, so that's a simple fix. Teach him to lead by a foot. And, uh, you know, we've got videos of this on our video library, teaching a mule to lead by the, their feet. Um, you know, Jolene, uh, a mule I worked with a few years ago for the Missouri Mule Makeover, was real bad about her feet too, you know, and I, I taught this mule to lead by a hind foot. And so in the, in the, my video library, I have a video working with Jolene leading by a hind foot. Okay. And you can kind of see how that goes. And I've got a few other videos of leading by their feet, but I would teach them to lead by, by a foot. That way you're out there on the end of that rope, picking up these feet, setting these feet, getting the willingness in the feet, getting the softness in that, in that rope, um, build that, uh, where you have some distance, you're not going to get kicked doing that unless you get too close, of course. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, okay. Now, you had the trouble getting on after you worked with the foot. I would venture to say, leading back to the original statement that I think it's pain that's causing you to have a hard time picking up this foot today. I don't know what kind of pain or where. Um and I could be totally wrong. This is just my guess from what you wrote here. Uh, 
But say you worked through it and she kind of had to learn to freeze up and just endure the pain. Well, now you're going to go get on. You're going to put some weight. There's a saddle on now. You're trying to get on there. Maybe you're tweaking the back. Maybe she's just protecting herself. But for sure, um, you didn't get her in a good working, thinking, processing frame of mind while you were working with those feet. And that's going to that's going to reflect in going to get on, going to, you know, trying to get the mule to stand still to mount. If they're not in that good frame of mind, you're going to have trouble there. And so she's kicking there. She's already saying no. Now, if this, if, if I was just addressing standing still to mount, that's easy. Basically, I, I will arouse the mule a little bit. I'll get them a little concerned, a little confused. I might just drive the hip across. I might just kind of slap the my, my lead rope on the saddle, get them to move. I might move their feet in a circle. I might roll the hinds a few times and then ask them to stand still, walk up next to them and stand next to that saddle and just leave them alone right there. I'll try to get on again. If they move, maybe I'll do the same thing, basically making it a little more difficult to move and easier to be there. But I don't know that that's necessarily your exact problem. It's part of it because obviously the mule thinks that kicking you or kicking at you will provide her the comfort that she's looking for rather than standing still and letting you get on. So that is for sure a part of it with pain or not. I've seen a lot of mules with poor fitting saddles. Um, I've seen a lot of mules in pain, hurt, that actually tolerated the pain because they had a good, you know, uh, a good relationship, so to speak, with the human to where they felt comfortable with that human. You know, I've helped many mules that have a leg caught up in a fence or uh, they're hurt or they've been injured. And because they feel pretty comfortable around a human being, they'll let you work on them and they'll let you get near there. So, so that still is an underlying issue right there is uh, the mule needs to feel comfortable around you. So I'd be working through that. Um, so I'd be checking on that thing, check on the physical body, check on your saddle fit, check on the way you're presenting yourself to the mule, try to get those yeses, try to get that mule willing. So anyways, Tustin, there's a few ideas for you. Uh, I appreciate the question and I uh, hope you're, hope you can work through this. Um, be sure to check out that video library. There's, there's videos on teaching the mule lead by foot. There's videos on um, standing still to mount and watch a few of the clips from clinics um, and the words of wisdom videos on there. We talk about kind of getting that mule into a work in frame of mind. So hopefully that helps you. All right. Uh, next question comes from Mr. Scott Nichols. Um, and he had some questions about transitions. When he's working on transitions uh, with his mule, fancy. Um, he's having a hard time, uh, getting into the lope. Um, he's having a hard time holding the trot, even keeping the mule, uh, trotting. Sometimes she just stops. Uh, sometimes when he asks to get into the lope, the mule kind of just kind of bunny hops a little bit instead of loping. Um, Anyway, so he wants some suggestions on working through these transitions. Uh, and he kind of sent me a video of this as well, so I have a little idea what the mule's looking like. So, Scott, the, 
First thing with this transitions, I would say this. I like, I from the very beginning, okay, um, and there is some differing opinions on this for sure, but my opinion is if I can, when I start cults, if I can, I will walk, trot, and lope the first ride, the first five minutes of the first ride even. I like to build that forward motion. I like them freed up. I like them moving. I don't like them contained and bottled up. I want them free moving. Now, not all mules that I start, can I do that? There's some that, you know, I try to lope and I can't get it done. And there's some that I try to trot and I can't get it done. Very rarely. I can usually always get them to trot. But some of these mules have a little work ethic. Sometimes work ethic issues. Sometimes they're a little tight. And maybe, uh, you know, you can kind of feel... Um, that they they're just having a hard time putting themselves out there to to go through these transitions and and be loose in them. But if I can, I try to walk trot lope the first five minutes of the first ride if I can. And then I I walk trot and lope every ride for the first one hundred rides if I can. I like that that opened up feel. I like that loose uh, transition. Um, ability to where I, I can shift, walk, trot, lope, up and down I go, and they're not tight, they're not bothered. What happens, and especially in the mule world, and there's so many trainers that are doing it out there, and I know their excuses. These train, some of these folks won't won't work on anything over a walk because they say, hey, you know, my client is never going to lope, my client's never going to trot, so they start them, and all they do is walk or maybe just trot. And you know, I, I totally get it. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. I totally get why they say, why would I waste my time on trotting and loping when I know my client is never going to do that? But what happens later on is is they'll have these forward motion issues where the mule doesn't move freed up. You know, the better I can trot a mule, the better I can walk the mule. I get all these people that will contact me and want to, hey, how do I get my mule walking out real nice? I want them to walk out really good. And I say, how well do they trot? Oh, I don't, I don't trot. I don't trot my mules. Well, okay, you're, you're, you're going to miss some gears because pushing to that trot right before they break over to the trot is usually an amazing walk. Now, it's the same thing at the lope. The better, if I want to trot, if I'm, you know, maybe talking to a, a ranch cowboy buckaroo in Nevada and he's trying to build a nice big ground cover and trot. And he says, Tom, I, I just can't get my mule and my horse to, to move out and trot real good. You know, them guys got to, they might need to trot 20 miles to get to the next bunch of cows. And they say, how do I build that trot? And I say, work on that, work on that lope. Right before they break into that lope, you got a big old trot going on right there. Find that. You got to push to that lope to find it. So that's in the very beginning. Okay. Now, Scott, done with your issues here with um, specifically the you know, fancy when she quits moving when you're trying to post your trot right here. Um, and she just quits on you, which is probably probably a little hard for you to ride because you're posting and she stops and, and you know, your body's, you know, uh, body in motion is going to stay in motion right there and you probably get a little bit of a bind. Um, try to feel that mule better. Try to feel that mule better. Um, also, look, look where... 
I shouldn't say, I don't know how to say this. Notice where you're looking. You know, when you're trying to get nice forward motion, you need to be looking out further. And a lot of times I see it almost weekly when I'm on my clinic tours, when I ask people to trot, they'll go to shift up into this trot. And and when they're walking, they're looking ahead. But as soon as they trot, their head drops and they start staring at the back of their mule's head. You, you got to keep looking out. So So look out, think forward, Scott. Think forward, think further forward. Ride looser. Um, be a little bit more freed up. Check that slack in your rein. Make sure you're not pulling on her. Look ahead. Ride ahead. Think ahead. And get to where one thing that I, I think is probably happening as you're trying to post this trot is as you're posting, you're probably not continuing to drive the mule with your legs. The thing is, I don't want to have to drive my mule with my legs the entire time I'm trotting. I like to be able to ask for the trot, and they just stay in the trot. So as you're working on this, Scott, think about how much you're holding your mule in the transition, meaning how much do you do you have to keep your legs on to keep them trotting? Or can you get the mule trotting and relax your legs a little bit? Or do they need the constant driving? I don't want to have to constantly drive them. So you check on that as well, because what might be happening is you're, you're posting, maybe you get a couple of uh, a posting strides there, and then the mule kind of notices you're not driving, so the mule just quits. So if, if fancy's my mule, Scott, I'm going to work on getting that trot nice and, uh, and smooth and, and work on getting it good. And as soon as you get that trot checked off pretty good, then you can start working on that lope. Because some of this stuff might have got kind of missed or not worked on uh enough during those first few rides way back in the beginning. So just just start there and see what you can get done. Thanks for the question, Scott. I appreciate that. And uh, hey, uh, a shout out to Scott Nichols with the Backcountry Horseman of Idaho. He is uh, sponsoring a calendar, Backcountry Horseman calendar um, for our 12 days of Christmas. We got our 12 days of Christmas coming right up. It starts December 12th. And every day for the 12 days of Christmas, I'm going to be drawing. We got some amazing sponsors, Colt Saddlery. Um, we got Joseph G. Saddlery, Triple H Outfitters, uh, K&J Leather Goods, uh, Three Mountain Mule. I mean, we two R Mules. There's so many amazing sponsors, uh, uh, great things. And Colt has built, or I, sh- I, should re- I should rephrase that. He is going to build a custom saddle however you want it. If you get drawn on the day I'm giving away that custom saddle, Colt will build it how you like it. And, uh, man, he makes he does some great work. So you don't want to miss out on the drawing. And how do you enter it? Basically, everybody who is signed up for a clinic in 2022 is automatically entered in the drawing. Signed up for multiple classes? That's all right. Multiple drawing, multiple drawing opportunities. You get your name in there more. Every class, every clinic, you get your name put in the drawing. And so if you're listening to this and you are planning to come to a 2022 clinic, but you just haven't signed up yet, get signed up before December 12th so that you can be entered in the drawing for the 12 days of Christmas. Lots of good stuff. And uh, thank you, Scott, for the calendar. Okay. Uh, our last question for this show comes from Ken Kaczynski up in Wisconsin. Hey, Ken, how you doing, my friend? Um, so he's he's working with a mule named Chet, 
Chet, Chet's a good mule. I've met Chet and uh, he's built, Ken has built this, basically this indoor building to ride in. Okay. He's got himself a nice little indoor arena. Uh, I'm jealous of you, Ken. That's pre pretty nice. Um, anyways, he says Chet is getting pretty nervous going in there. So he goes in there and he, he's kind of crapping everywhere. You know, when they get nervous, their bowels get loose and, and they, and they start dumping. And this is a sign of a little anxiety at times. Sometimes you guys have seen your mules load up in a trailer and they crap right when they get in the trailer. You're like, come on, that's a little bit of anxiety going on. Just a little bit. doesn't take much. Okay. Um, but he's saying he's doing this and he gets worried. He says if he shuts the door, uh, the mule seems to concentrate better, but he, he's still a little stressed. So he's asking um, what he can do to help this mule be more comfortable. He's worked through the checklist for about 15 minutes and he kind of gets things going then, um, but he can't get him to really stand still in there. So he's just wanting to know what to work on there and um, get some help. So thanks for the question, Ken. You know, one thing I would think about is he's he's nervous because he's not comfortable in there. So how can you make it more comfortable? Uh, there's the the baseline stuff of just making it a good place to be. So some some basic things you can do to make that arena more comfortable is not work him a few times. So don't always go in there and ride him or work him or hustle him or do this stuff. Uh, exercise him some just. Turn them out in there. Let them go roll in that sand. Something else you might do is is turn turn them in there with a with a buddy or two. You know, a lot of times in my arena, I will, I will. By the end of the day, all my mules are turned out in my arena. Maybe I might I might ride one when I'm done riding it. I unsaddle it, turn it loose in the arena, go grab another. Now this can be dangerous because sometimes they get to running around or something if you didn't quite do a great job. But hear me out. I'll ride one, I'll unsaddle it, turn it loose, ride another, unsaddle it, turn it loose, ride another, unsaddle Next thing you know, I got four or five mules out in the arena while I'm working. But I've noticed if I do a good job getting them in a good mental frame of mind, I can have four or five mules turned out in that arena and they're just standing there quiet while I work the others. This is also good because I'm out there loping around, moving around, stopping, working, um, and there's a lot going on and they can be around this. It's good for them too. So you might not just work them by himself all the time. Bring his pals in there. Now, some people might worry about the buddy sour stuff. Hey, don't worry about that. Get them handy. Get them comfortable. The buddy sour stuff can come later. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, you might help them just, just be comfortable. Maybe you bring them in there and you don't do any work. You bring them in there and you just turn them loose, let them be. That's, that could help them a lot. Um, I might keep my sessions real short, Ken. I might come in there and just work for, I mean, like five minutes, seriously, like five minutes and then call it good. And, and I will work shorter increments and do it more often. Maybe I, I go, I say, okay, I'm going to work you five minutes a day, but I'm going to be working you every day now for the next couple of weeks. So straight through no breaks on days, but just short increments. Um, so, so you can do it. Also, when you're, when you're in there working and riding, go through, go through the checklist in order. Um, because in your notes here, you, you mentioned that you can't get them to stand still 
for more than 10 seconds. Um, 10 or 15 seconds, you say here. So it might take me 10 or 15 seconds to, once I'm on, just to get settled and work on my lateral flexion and before I even ride off. So if he's wanting to move, you're not even moving past the standing still to mount stage and stand there to flex. Um, so you might get in there and work five minutes just on that, just where you finally get him to stand still and then you put him away. That might be all you do. Maybe he needs to move. Maybe you move him for a little while. So if you can't get him to stand still, I might ride the mule. And this is not the, the short session I'm talking about. This would be a long session, but I might ride that mule for a half an hour. Then constant, continually moving for a half hour, working on, there's so many things I can do. I mean, I can do everything at a walk except for stop, <laughs> right? Except for standing still and stopping. Uh, so I might ride him. I might trot him in there for a little while. And, and then when he's ready, offer him, offer him a chance to stop and stand and just feel comfortable. Ending on, ending on those good pieces like that will be super important. So anyways, there's, those are a few ideas of, of everything from so, short sessions to longer sessions to making it just comfortable to be there. But anyways, I hope that helps you, Ken. I appreciate the question. I appreciate all the questions. Tustin, Scott, Ken, thanks for these questions today. And and if you're listening right now and you have a question for me, all you listeners, uh, you can send me an email, ty at tsmules.com. Put in the subject line, question for the podcast, and I will try to get it um, on the show. Actually, we'll get on the show, I promise you. It might not be immediate, but we'll get it on here. Uh, so feel free to ask your questions. And, you know, there's a lot going on here at TS Mules. Sky and I are busy. We've been um, filming, making a lot of new videos. We've got a Hackamore series uh, on the video library that we're adding to the next uh, couple months. We got our groundwork checklist. I've had a lot of people say, hey, can you make a collection with just the checklist items straight through? So we about got the groundwork checklist posted in order, steps one through whatever. And we're going to do the same thing for you in the Snaffle bit, same thing for you in the Hackamore and all the way through there. So uh, check that out on the video library. Go to tsmules.com. And, hey, like I said, our 2022 clinics are up. They're on the website. They're ready for you. So if you're coming, get signed up now so you can be entered in that 12 Days of Christmas giveaways. We've got some dang good stuff, all kinds of gear, head stalls, britchins, uh, we got Makati's custom hackamores and our main sponsor is Colt salary. And he is going to build a custom saddle for the winner of day 12. And I can't wait to announce that. That's going to be really, really cool. So, all right. Uh, it's been a good one. Thanks for listening. God bless you all. And we, we will see you down the road. I need to thank my friend, Mr. Ben Lewis at Roman Home. Mr. Ben has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. It's built to take tough weather, high winds. Craftsmanship is amazing. And it's made right here in the USA, right here in Utah, USA. And uh, right now, Ben has a special going on. You can save 500 bucks and uh, go to romanhome.com. Roman spelled R-O-A-M-I-N. Romanhome 
and uh, tell Ben hello. Tell him Ty sent you. <laughs>